with the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we, we've been walking with Him longer than seven miles, but here's two men that left Jerusalem and they were going home to a place called Emmaus. And these two disciples, while they're walking alone, they began to converse among themselves. And these two fellows were there the morning that Christ rose from the dead. This is the same day, same day Christ rose, when he came to talk with these two men. And even when Simon Peter went to the grave and he looked in there and didn't see the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture said he wondered within himself. Wondered within himself that which was come to pass. And these fellows, can you imagine what's going through their minds? I mean, they are sad. Oh, they're so sad. They're so fearful. They're confused. They're hurt. They expected the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't expect him to have to go to a cross. They didn't expect him to have to die on a cross. They didn't expect that he would suffer so. They didn't expect that he would be so treated so miserably. And they put all their eggs in that basket of the Lord Jesus Christ and then they saw him die. They saw him die. They saw him took down off the tomb, off the cross and buried in a tomb. And they said, well, all our hope's gone now. All our hope's gone. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They had watched him die. Watched him be buried. And their whole future. Their whole future. Was on this man. Jesus of Nazareth. Which died in disgrace. Treated as a common criminal. Not for anything that he had done. But for everything we had done. Those that he died for. They had heard that the Lord had risen from the dead. But the scriptures tells us there in verse 11 of Romans, Luke 24. And their words seemed to them as idle tales. And they believed them not. Why would they not believe these people? They had been with them for years. They knew them. And they said, well, what they're telling us is just an idle tale. He's not risen from the dead. They didn't believe it. And so they're walking along. They're leaving Jerusalem. And they got a seven mile walk to get home. A seven mile walk to get home. And the scripture says there in verse 14. There's two of those men went that same day to the village of Maus, which was from Jerusalem. So they had been there for quite a while, saw everything that took place. And as they walked along, they talked together, talked together of all those things which had happened. They talked together about everything that had just happened. Right up to his death, to his betrayal, to his judgments, to his trials. They seen all these things happen. They saw the Lord Jesus Christ 
so mistreated. They heard the mob cry, mocking, derided him. And they saw him die. They saw him die. Saw him be buried. And they, when they saw this death, they, did, they didn't expect this. They didn't expect when he was in the garden against him that 500 people would come out to get him. And then when they saw him die, and some miracles happened. Two miracles happened. The sun quit shining for three hours. It got dark for three hours. I mean not dark, I mean dark, dark. The scriptures tells about when God went through Egypt that night, the dark could be felt. A darkness that could be felt. Well, that's what it was. God turned out the sun, turned out the light on what was going on with His Son that day on that cross. And I tell you what, not only that, but the rocks that were around there, they started cracking. They started busting. They just broke open. The ground shook. And I tell you, they seen Pilate come out and say, I find no fault in this man. And yet the high priest said, crucify him, crucify him. We don't want nothing to do with him. And then these men, as they talked, they were no doubt very, very ashamed of what they did when they came and took the Lord Jesus Christ. They all forsook him and they all fled. There was none of them that stood and identified themselves with him. Except his mother and Mary Magdalene and another mother and John, the beloved disciple. Those are the only ones that stood by the cross. But even they did not go with him to the trials. And then they talked about his resurrection. They said, they told us that he resurrected. They come and said they looked in that tomb. Simon looked in it. John looked in it. Mary come and told us that she saw two angels and they said, you're looking for Jesus? Said, he's not here. He's risen. They come back and told them and they run over there and see him. They come back and said, well, it's like they said, but we don't have a clue what's going on. That's what the scripture said. They did not know what in the world was going on. Peter wondered within himself. And they said, could it really be so? Could it really? How can we believe such a preposterous thing that a man was dead and put in his burial clothes? You know, when I get buried, they'll probably put me in a suit and put a tie on me. And I'll lay there cold and lifeless and dead and I won't be there just nothing but a body. Well, that's what they understood what happened to Christ. They just had a body. And they wrapped it up and prepared it to be buried. Mary came and she came and brought all kinds of spices and put all over his body. And then they wrapped it up in linen clothes and they stuck it in that grave. A big rock is stuck it in that grave and put a great big rock over the front of it. They said, there's no way that anybody can get out of there. That's an impossibility. It just does not make sense. 
But they said they went there and the rock was gone and the tomb was empty. How can this possibly be? This this, is just preposterous. And look down here in verse 21. They were probably going to give up the cause of Christ. They were probably going to get up, give up their trust of Christ. Look what it said here in verse 21. But we trusted. Now listen to this. We trusted that it had been He who should have redeemed Israel. We trusted that this Jesus of Nazareth was going to be the one to pay for our debt and save us from our enemies and save us from Rome, save us from everything that's against We trusted that this is what this man is going to do for us. They said, but I'll tell you what, he's dead. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. It's been three days since this happened. So what in the world? We ain't got nobody trusting anymore. We got nobody to look to, nobody to hope in. But oh, look what happens now. And they talked together of all these things would happen there in verse 14. And it came to pass, while they talked together, and reasoned, and talking these things out, reasoning with themselves, talking about all these things that are happening, Jesus himself drew near. <laughs> Jesus himself, he said, he just come walking up beside me. Where'd he come from? <laughs> They're walking along talking. They're not interested in anything else but their own worries and their own troubles and their own fears and their own confusion. And they're just talking away. Oh, what are we going to do? What's our hope? Where's our hope now? It's gone. And Jesus Himself drew near. And look what it says. And He went with them. (laughs) Not only did He draw near to them, but the Scripture said He went with them. (laughs) Oh my. I'm going to tell you something. Our Lord said, wherever two or three are gathered together, He said, there I am with them. We've gathered here this morning to reason about our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that, He comes and draws near to us and goes right along with us. Huh? Oh my. And the Lord drew near with them and went with them. And He asked them a question. He asked them a question. You know, they, the Lord drew near and the scripture says, They that feared the Lord often spake one with another about Him. And I tell you, in their talking and reasoning, they were trying to understand something about the Lord Jesus Christ. And He comes to them and He asks them this, What manner of talk are you all having among yourselves? What kind of talk? What is this talk? What are you all talking about? I see you're very, very engaged in a, in a great conversation here. You're intent on what you're talking about. You're worried about what you're talking about. And they were talking about him trying to get a better understanding of what happened. And that's what we do when we talk together about Christ. We're trying to get a better understanding of our relationship with Him and what the Bible says about Him and what the Scriptures tells us about Him. And they're trying their best to figure out what in the world happened. They're trying to figure out what was happened. 
And he said, what manner of communications is these? And look what they said. Let's see, down in verse 16, look what he said. Jesus himself drew, and he was a stranger to them. What he said in verse 18. What, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another and walk together in the sad? Oh, Christ sees our sadness. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Are you only a stranger? That's all he was to them right then, just a stranger. Just a stranger. He was a stranger to them. How in the world could he possibly be a stranger to them? Oh my, how could that be? Huh? And I tell you, he drew near to them and they didn't know him. They didn't know him. And I tell you what, I don't know about you all, but when our faith, when our faith really, really gets weak, when we're so consumed with our own things, our own problems, our own worries, our own fears, and we give in to reasoning, we give in to reasoning. When we can't see our Lord Jesus Christ and see His face and can't feel His presence, I tell you one thing, He's still there. He's still there. Huh? And He's with us. Look over here in John 20. I want you to see something. You know... There's been many a many a time that I have <laughs> I have preached and not felt the presence of the Lord in my preaching. And the only consolation I have is that I told the truth. I told the truth. And that's what only thing that matters. And there's times that that we get in such a state of mind that Christ is a stranger to us. We get so weak, we get so sad, and we get so consumed with what's going on. Now Mary, here's Mary, she's looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. And look here in verse 11, John 20. This is Mary Magdalene now. The same one that washed his feet with her tears and, and dried them with the hairs of her head. But Mary stood without at the grave. She stood there just weeping. I mean she was. I mean the tears were flowing. They were just pouring down off her face. And she stooped down and looked in that grave. And she saw two angels. One sitting on the head, at the head of where Christ sat. And the other at the feet where the body of the Lord Jesus Christ sat. And they said unto her, Woman... Why are you weeping like this? Why are you weeping so? She says unto him, I'll tell you why. This is what makes me weep. This is what hurts me deep in my soul. Because they've taken away my Lord. They took him away. And religion has taken away Christ from his position, from his power, from his blood, from his righteousness, from the only hope that a man has in him. And she said, I don't know where they put him. And when she said this, she turned herself back and the Lord was standing right there. And she knew not that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because she was so hurt. Just like these two disciples on the road to a mess. And our Lord said unto her, Woman, 
Why are you weeping so? Why are you such a bad state? Why are you crying so profusely? Whom are you looking for? She said, well, you're you're the gardener here. She said, sir, if you've took him someplace else, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll come and get his body. Now listen to this. Our Lord said unto her, Mary. (laughs) Mary. Mary. She turned and saw that it was the Lord, and she just bowed down. Oh, you're talking about the worst shape you're in, that's when he's going to show up. You get in real bad shape and he's going to show up. Oh, let me give you some things that keep us from seeing him. You know, one of the, the, the worst sin, I think, the two worst sins, of course, is self-righteousness. That's the very word. But the, the thing that keeps us from seeing Christ is unbelief. Unbelief. What an awful thing it is to have unbelief. What an awful thing. And then doubt. Then to doubt. And when Christ doesn't come when we want Him to, when we feel like we haven't got His presence and we haven't enjoyed it for a while, and we pray and we pray and He delays coming to answer our prayers, we get in doubt. And another thing, another thing, is discouragement. Oh, when you get discouraged, when you get up one day and you ain't got no joy, you ain't got no peace, and you're discouraged and also discouraged over everything that's going on around you with your family, everything with your everything just you're so discouraged. And another thing that keeps us from seeing is our feelings. Our feelings. Oh, we're concerned with our feelings. We don't feel the presence of the Lord. We don't feel like we're saved. We're looking within for some evidence of His presence. The Martin Luther said, For feelings come and feelings go. And feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the Word of God. Not else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned, For one of some sweet token, there's one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. (laughs) Oh my. Tell you something else caused us not to sin. Sin. These fellows were, they were sinning. But then then the very fact that they did not even believe people that they had known for years. Sin will keep us from seeing Him. Sins has separated between you and God. Sin will sure sin sin will take away his presence just like that. I'll tell you something else. Laziness. Just laziness. Laziness. Not to seek him. Not to call on him. Not to look for him. Not to be interested in what's going on. Here's another reason. Too busy, too busy together with God's people to hear and to talk of Him. Just get too busy. If you're too busy together with the Lord's people, you're too busy. Huh? And then God's providence. Sometimes God orders it for our good. He just lets us walk along and just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. 
And then sometimes it's for a trial of faith that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave them go and let them talk and then I'm just going to let them go on for a while. And that's why they said, Lord, are you a stranger? You don't know anything that's happening around here? Now back over here to Luke 24. These, these, they had a conversation here. Oh my. Walking and talking with the Lord Jesus Christ and not even knowing it. <laughs> but look what happened here in verse 17. He starts with a, he starts with a question. What, what in the world are you two men talking about? As you have to one another. What are you talking about? As you walk and look here it says. And you said. And you said. He starts his, with a question. What are you talking about that's making you so sad? Huh? David says this. He said, Oh my soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. What are you talking about that's making you so sad? Why are we so sad sometimes? Why are we so sad? I'll tell you what. If he's not with us, and he's not present with it. It's time to be sad. That's something to be sad about. Huh? And his question in their unbelief. What in the world are you all talking about that's making you so sad? And I know this. That the Lord's people are always sad and always grieved over their unbelief. Oh, they grieved about it. They're so Grieved over their reactions to trials that they go through. So grieved because they don't see God's hand in providence. Let me ask you, have you ever said to yourself, Boy, I took that real, real well. Huh? I'm really proud of myself that I got through that the way I did. I really feel good about myself. You ever said that about yourself when you got through something? Huh? And I'll tell you something, our Lord cares about our sadness. He cares about our sadness. We go to a throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help. What? In time of need. And they had reason as we sung that hymn today. They had reason to rejoice. Christ had risen. But they were sad. They were sorrowful. Because they really didn't believe that He had risen from the dead. And being sad, they communed with one another. And I tell you what, you're talking about getting you out of your sadness and discouragement. You start talking with somebody about Christ, and that will bring you up just like that. I, I've went and visited people on their deathbed. On their deathbed. And thought I was going to go over there and be a blessing to them. And I was the one left blessed. I was the Lord left rejoicing. I remember going visiting your dad. And I mean, he didn't last two days, three days after I last time I visited. And I went over there to be a blessing to him, and I left there rejoicing. I was happy as if I had good sense. I go over there to try to be a blessing to him, and he was a blessing to me. He said, he said I've never felt the presence of the Lord like I have in this time. Todd Niber didn't think he was going to live one time back oh, back in the early 80's and he laid on it. He thought God's going to come and take me now. 
And he said, I never felt such peace and such rest to know that maybe this is my time. Huh? Oh, I'll tell you what, you get sad, go visit somebody or call them on the phone and I'll tell you, you'll get over being sad real quick. <laughs> oh, just hear somebody's voice sometimes. Get you up. Somebody call you and you hear their voice. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. And it becomes our, it becomes us to talk of Christ. Huh? And they're required, they, re, they replied to the Lord's question. Look what they said here now. In verse 18. And one of them who was named Cleopas, named his, called him who he was, answering said unto him, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? Are you a stranger here? And you've not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? In these days. Huh? How in the world don't you know? Do you don't know what the world's going on? They wondered how in the world he could be at Jerusalem and not know what had just happened. Huh? And you know what? And then they started talking to Christ. And you know what they started talking to Christ about? About Christ. <laughs> That's what they said. And he said unto him, Well, what things happened in Jerusalem? And they said, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Oh my. That Nazarene. And look what else they said. He's a prophet. First thing they said, He's a prophet. God sent him with a message. He had a message. He had, oh, he was mighty in his deeds. What he did, his deeds were incredible. He raised the dead. He caused the blind to see. He cleansed lepers. Fed multitudes when there wasn't nothing to feed them with. He is mighty indeed, and oh my, his words before all the people, I tell you, they were astonished at his doctrine. And he spoke with power. And oh my, and they said not only that, but this one, this prophet, this man, mighty of God, before God, and in his words, and all the, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him, now listen to this, to be condemned to death. And then they crucified him. They started with him coming, who he was, and what he did, and then they started, ended up at the cross. He died on a cross. Condemned him to be dead. Delivered to death. Condemned him and crucified him. Oh my. I mean they went through the gospel. Started out with him being a man. To his death. And how he was delivered to death. Oh my. And I tell you certain women. They astonished us. And they even found it even as it was so. And then look what they said there in verse 21. And we trusted that it had been he, this prophet, this man that was crucified, condemned to death and crucified as a common criminal. We, we, we trusted that it had been him. And beside all this, today is the third day since those things were done. And these women told us and astonished us 
and said they found didn't find his body. And down there he said, and even certain went with them, and the women said, but him they saw not. Well, our Lord Jesus Christ, look what he did to them. Now listen, he, he began to preach to them. You know what he preached? I've got a message on this one of these days, and I'll preach it to you. Jesus preached himself. Always preached himself. Yeah, you know, he said, he, he said this about himself. You want to come to my Father? You've got to go through me. You want to have your sins forgiven? You've got to come to me. You want to be cleansed from your filthiness? You've got to come to me. Do you want to have the way? I am that way. You want truth? You'll never find it except in me. You want life? There's nobody got it but me. And oh my, look what he says now. Then he said unto them in verse 25, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. <laughs> You've read your Bibles. You read the scriptures. You understand what they said. And then look what he says. He reveals them to us in their dark hours. And the first thing he does is he rebukes their unbelief. And he said, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. And here's the first thing he dealt with. Was it not written in the prophets that ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And the scriptures tells us he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And oh my, and how did he reveal himself to them? He began to take the scriptures and open the scriptures to their... Not only did he suffer, but he's got to enter into his glory. You know, and that's the way it is. Our, our sufferings at this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. And he opened the scriptures to them. He preached to them the, the things concerning himself. And look where it says, in beginning at Moses. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you the first scripture I believe that he took them to. Genesis 3.15. He said, don't you remember where it said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent who would bruise his heel? He started right there. Started right there. That's where he started. And he went through the scriptures. He says, oh, when Moses went down and he said, let my people go, how was they delivered? There was a lamb slain. The blood was shed. It's put on the door. And God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And he talked about Noah. And he talked about Abraham. And he talked what? Oh my, he talked about all the things that he would suffer. And oh my. And he preached to them things concerning himself. And the scriptures are things concerning himself. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. Wouldn't you like to have been there and heard that message? I'll tell you something. We're hearing what he has to say right now. 
We don't have to go way back that. He put it in His Word for us to see it right now. We don't have to go back there. He walks with us and talks with us right now. You know, I believe He said, do you remember Enoch? He said he was walking with God. Been walking with God for hundreds of years. And one day, he didn't come home. What happened to him? The Lord took him. (laughs) He said, I'm the one that took him. I'm the one that took him. And I tell you what. In communing with us and being with us in a service like this, He opens the Scriptures, causes us, causes us to desire His presence. Huh? Oh, look in verse 28 and 29. And that's why we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Which is the things we need. And they drew nigh unto the village, and and whither they went, and He made, He said, He's just going to keep on going. He's just going to keep on walking. Going to keep on walking. And they constrained him, said, Oh, please, come stay with us, stay with us. It's the days it's at the end of the day and it's getting dark. Won't you stay here with us? And he went in to tarry with them. And watch what happens now. He went to stay with them. He was the guest in their house. And they put the food on the table. They set the table and it's getting ready to eat. And our Lord Jesus said, they sat down to eat. And he reached over and got the bread and he broke the bread. He said, here. Here. And watch what it says. And blessed it and break it and gave it to them. In verse 31. And their eyes were opened. That's the Lord. <laughs> And it's something when the Lord opens your eyes. You're sitting there and all of a sudden your eyes open up. You say, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Oh my. He was the guest. And yet he took the place as if the house was his. The home was his. It's Christ. And ain't the homes we live in, ain't they his house? Ain't they, don't they belong to him? i tell you what. Oh, then their eyes were opened and they knew Him. They knew Him. And then when they found out that that was Him, He's gone. He's gone. He had had accomplished His purpose in making them to know Him. And I tell you what, and then they said, in verse 32, and they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? Did not our hearts burn within us? Oh, did not we have a fire in our heart? Was there not a fire in our soul? Was there not warmth in our heart and soul? Did not our heart burn with us while He talked with us? By the way. And I mean, they're walking seven miles, so they had a long time to talk. They wasn't doing like I do, try to walk just as fast as you possibly can. They was walking just, they're going, I'm going home. And they, they walked along for seven miles. And did not our heart burn within us? Did we not have such a warmth? And did not our hearts get set on fire? While he talked with us by the way. And listen to this. And while he opened to us the scriptures. Oh, that'll make your heart burn. Oh my. And you know what these fellas did? Now they just got through walking seven miles. Walking and talking with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And look at it. Now what happens? In verse 33. They rose up the same hour. Started back to Jerusalem. <laughs> what are they going to do? Look what they're going to do. You know what they're going to do? They returned to Jerusalem. Found the eleven. Remember Judas hung himself. There's eleven of them. They found the eleven gathered together. And them that were with them. And you know what the first thing they said? Said the Lord indeed is risen. You know, how do you know? Because he just talked with us. <laughs> he just talked with us. That's what we say. He is risen. He is risen. How do you know? My heart. Huh? And oh my. He's in, 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 they, in verse 35. And they told what things were done in the way. They went back and told them all the conversation they had. And all the things that had happened. And how that they were known of him when he broke the bread to them. And oh my, he did, they went through the whole conversation. The whole conversation. And as they thus spake, they got back there. And they, you're talking about a blessing. The Lord appeared to these two fellows twice. <laughs> and as they thus spoke, they was talking about everything that just took place. So we see him, we know him. Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Huh? Oh my. What a wonderful Savior. What a blessed Savior we have. Mm. Our Father. Oh, our Father. The precious name. Blessed name. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. How we praise you. Thank you for your gospel. For the truth as it is in Christ. For the joy and peace there is in believing. And Lord Jesus, we really do warm our hearts at your presence. When we call on you, when we look to you, when we find you in your word. Oh, our hearts burn. Our hearts get on fire. Our hearts are comforted. And we pray, Lord, that you'd cause this gospel to be effectual today in the hearts and minds of those gathered out. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that song, I serve a risen Savior. Can you find that? We'll stand together and sing that.